Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for His sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. My name is Pastor Mike Cunningham, and I'm really happy you could join me for today's program. Well, this is the last week of this year, and we are getting ready for the new year. And you know what that means. The new year brings new opportunities, new challenges, and an opportunity to look forward. Before we look forward, though, let's look back really fast on the onslaught that has been the last six weeks of Christmas celebrations and other festivities. For some of you, that season started the moment your Halloween decorations came down. For others, maybe you (laughs) grabbed a present on the way to a Christmas party (laughs) on Christmas Day. Uh, Wherever you fit in that continuum, I hope that it was a good time for you. We just finished a great series on Advent on this program. Actually, we started Thanksgiving, got ourselves right with that attitude, and then we went to hope, peace, love, and joy, which uh, correspond to the candles of advent uh we got to take that moment where we anticipated the coming of the incarnation of christ and it was a great time to really reflect on what that season is all about and how that informs our faith going forward if you're like me though i'm always looking to the beginning of each year with a sense of anticipation as well i like to call it reset renew but most importantly, transform. I'm looking to transform every single time this new year starts because it's a very convenient time for us to reflect on where we are spiritually, physically, mentally, family-wise, and think about where we need to be. And again, that that kind of reflection is healthy, uh, not as long as it's not idolatrous or vain, It is something that helps us. And so, again, we want to get off to a good start this January as we look at the kind of promise that the new year happens. One of the things I love about New Year's is that it's kind of reflection where you're off with the old and with the new. Uh, On the one hand, that is not necessarily from the Bible, but I will say that there are some verses that I think of, of you are a new creation, the old has passed, the new has come. Uh, You wanted to be transformed by the renewing of our faith and be able to uh, look forward to the spiritual opportunity that comes before us, not only in our life, but in the lives of our children and those around us, our families, our friends, our communities, that we can show the love of Christ and transform and make a difference in the lives of others. So what do you want to do this year? What's the first thing you're thinking about doing? Perhaps you're thinking, well, you know, there is that that multi-multi-million dollar, even billion dollar uh, weight loss industry that I'm sure is pretty much advertising to us at this very minute following our feasting season. There's uh, perhaps some of you guys are going back to school. Some of you are changing careers, changing locales. There's something cool about the promise of newness. My question to you, I might ask today is, how do you view change? Do you see change as a good thing, as something you look forward to, that you, it's a challenge to be accepted, 
something that's going to invite new possibilities and something that is going to be exciting? Or do you see change as something that is a pain, that you're happy where you are, please don't let anybody mess it up. You see change as a threat as opposed to an opportunity. Well, I hope that that's not you today because our passage today we're going to look at is going to basically get us in tune and get us ready for this new year and help march us forward in a positive manner that's God-honoring. Before we get started, though, I think the most mature and important thing to do before we launch into the next year is, let me ask you a question. What are you grateful for from last year? What can you give thanks for? I'm going to tell you the truth. In my life, I saw some things that were not the greatest, and there's things that I wish would not have been happening last year. There have been some unique challenges and struggles, but within those times, we have to continue to grow and trust God and experience God's joy, again, God-given as opposed to happiness, which is circumstantial. Give joy for the times last year. My question, friend, is, first of all, what is something that you can give thanks for from this last year? James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So anything of value or importance from last year came from God. We would be remiss not to thank him and feel appreciation for that. Moving forward, though, we have to be ready for whatever God's got ahead of us. I mentioned the new creation, the transformation that ha- that's happening in our lives. Again, not the vapid type but the type that is going to grow in maturity and in grace and in influence and be able to influence our culture in ways that matter, that are eternal, as opposed to just living life with no purpose or meaning. For those concerned about change, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Hebrews 13, 6 says, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? It's important going forward that we put our trust in Christ and his sovereignty as we move forward. Isn't it interesting that we spend the entire month of December and sometimes parts of November really, really focusing on the blessing that Christ came in the incarnation only to abandon them when the new year hits? We have this moment in the fourth quarter of the economy where maybe things slow down and maybe there's some vacation that can be taken and we have a moment and pause and reflect and again, eat and spend time with family. But then when things get launched again, it's like it's back to the grind and our faith gets lost in the shuffle. We become careful and we become concerned And again, when I say concerned, we become concerned with the things that don't matter, the things of no eternal significance. So my friend, knowing that our natural default is going to be to focus on things that are not spiritual and basically go back into survival mode, it would be prudent for us to think about what are our spiritual goals this year? How how are we going to reach them? Luke 14, 28 through 30 says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he's had enough to finish it? 
lest after he has laid the foundation, he's not able to finish. All who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. What's unfinished in your life this year, particularly spiritually? Uh, There's great Bible reading plans. Perhaps you set the goal that we can read through the Bible in its entirety. Others, it's just quiet times. A really good goal to start the year with is family devotion time that I'm going to do with my family again this year, where we sit down and we have a stated time to be in the word. There's a plan. It's not just willy nilly pick a verse. It's got curriculum. It's working through because I want to be a better leader of my family this year. You know, pastors notoriously are sometimes stuck in the situation of we spend a lot of time on sermon prep and on those communications that tends to sometimes erode our personal devotion times and family devotion times. And so I've really enjoyed having resources in my life that I can turn to to lead my family as a husband and as a father so that those can be my New Year's growth plan. The Luke chapter says, if you don't have a plan, it's probably not going to happen. What was remarkable to me is how skilled and disciplined and forward-thinking we can be about weight loss, finishing a degree, athletic ability. Those are things that we are a diet. These are all things that are very commonly uh, acceptable for us to make plans and, and get after it. But spiritually speaking, we just expect it just to happen organically. My encouragement to you is to do what the passage says is make plans to count the cost. Go look at your daily life, get into your preferred calendar and put it on your phone, put it in your, in your situation, have a specific place or time set aside to study your Bible, to disciple your kids, to have devotions and conversations with your spouse. If you're young and single, what do you want to grow this year? Do you, maybe that Bible reading plan is for you where you can maybe read the Bible through for the first time. Maybe there's a rite of passage such as a confirmation or a opportunity to serve at your church and get become more active that way might be available to you. But nothing is going to get done if there's not a plan. As you're making plans this year, it's also important to consider your what is your worldview? What is eternal? What is temporary? What are our priorities? When we're setting our priorities, it's important to make sure that we put our faith at the top, frankly, front and center, and let everything else sift in around it. Because our circumstances do not define us. Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says, Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am, I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In each and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both having an abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That, my friends, is a longer excerpt of that passage that often is used to basically talk about us accomplishing our goals. But remember the context of that is that we are not to be overly concerned with our circumstances, but to persevere for Christ regardless of our circumstances, and he will be our help. 
No good New Year's devotion escapes this passage. Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So remember, folks, as we launch this year, it's an exciting time. Get our priorities aligned. Glorify God in our life. Share our faith. And look forward, not with a sense of dread, but with excitement for what God's going to do. I leave you today with a passage from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. that says there's a time for everything. And as we look forward to this new year, just remember, for everything, there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. No matter what is before you this next year, remember that God holds you in his hands. He loves you. I invite you uh, back next week. We have a great lineup this year for Lose Yourself. I've got some great interviews coming up and I hope you enjoy it. Know that you can always contact me through my blog, loseyourself.life. I hope that you have a great day and we'll see you next time on Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.